0: Now, don't forget to remember all my little buddies out there. Don't forget to listen in with your ears to the Saturday Morning Rewind podcast. Otherwise, don't make me come over there. This is Pete saying adios. You are listening to Saturday Morning Rewind with Tim and Gary. Hey there, citizen. Darkwing Duck here, reminding you that you're listening to Saturday Morning Rewind with Tim Nidell.
1: But you knew that. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Tim Nydale, your host of Saturday Morning Rewind. Welcome to a very special episode. This is going to be part two of our Goof Troop slash A Goofy Movie Episode. If you're tuning in now and didn't tune into part one, what are you thinking? Seriously, that's kind of like skipping to the last page of a book. Don't, you don't want to do that. You don't want to miss out on my one on one interviews with Rob Paulson, Jim Cummings, Jason Marsden, and Bill Farmer, do you? I didn't think so. But if you're listening to that and you're listening to part two now, welcome. I'm just going to get right to it. Um, you're just about to hear my full interview with Jim Magon, the writer of a goofy movie. And the 100% full audio of the D23 2015 expo panel of A Goofy Movie, The 20-Year Reunion. So let's just go straight to it. Here's my interview with Jim Magon.
2: They've been laughing since I can remember. But they're not gonna laugh anymore. No more Maxie the Geek. No more
3: goof of the week like before. No more looking at losers like
2: him. No more having to cheat.
3: No
4: more mystery me No more Jim No more Jim No more
1: Jim no, no more gym. Yeah. <laughs> First, I just want to say that that panel last night, the goofy movie <laughs> panel. Were you blown away? Was it
5: I've been I've been to several conventions, you know, and talking about the Disney afternoon and that type of thing. But um The biggest I'd been to was uh, Comic-Con, where we had 500 people. We filled the place up. That was great. This thing was twice as big and 800 times more spectacular. Nice. And, you know, it's funny that um, uh, Don Hahn actually did get an email from a fan that said, why don't you end with a Powerline song? And he said, you're right. Thank you, fan, for this. And and we didn't even know how to get in touch with Tevin, and he somehow shows up. At one of the booths, and I said, "Well, this, these people have them Call him, you know." So yeah, he showed up, and it—what? I, I couldn't sleep last night. My my, like, I was just buzzing. It was such a, an amazing event. Please give a big, newsy welcome to
6: Seven Campbell.
1: that power line closing I, I shed a tear I did I, it was amazing the crowd was jumping and the, Jason Mars stood right in front of us he came out of the, the yeah and yeah, yeah. stood right in front of us and no it was more powerful than I expected and, and thank you for writing that I mean how much was changed from when you wrote it to what we see <laughs> quite
5: a lot I assume um, you know I went through so many drafts of it and they were storyboarding as I was writing So, sometimes I would write something, they'd storyboard it, or they would just storyboard something different, and I would then write it to fit it into the script, you know. So, it was a lot of back and forth. And of course, I was taken off the show at a certain point because they had the script on, now we're just going to board it. Well, everything changes as it goes along. So, it was a bit shocking to me because (laughs) I didn't recognize everything, you know, when I finally saw the, the finished movie. But, um,. As as Kevin Lima said to me, because we had lunch afterward, and I said, I just feel so bad because I didn't write everything that you've got in here. He says, Jim, we stand on your shoulders in order to do what we do, you know. And it's like, okay. And this was my first movie, so I didn't quite understand how
1: things get done. But this is very typical of a motion yeah. picture. And was it your idea to put all the little Easter eggs? The the, new, the they reference Walt Disney. There's Goofy and Mickey. Was that your idea? I think those are just things, like the, the board
5: artist, uh, they knew that uh, w- we need to have in this song the key change going, and I think somebody just said, yeah. wouldn't it be funny if I, and I think a lot of that
1: was last minute, you know. Because I, I, to me it's kind of not, I think it's close to overstepping the boundaries, you would think of a cartoon, referencing Walt Disney, the creator of them. Who, yeah, who doesn't live in their universe. Exactly. But it was a great Easter egg. It,
5: it, and it's such a funny gag, too. I'm thinking of a, is, I'm thinking of a person, male or female, male.
1: Walt Disney, <laughs>
5: you're right. You know? <laughs>
1: yeah, so no, that's, that's great. And uh, I'm interested in hearing, um, was it always going to be a buddy, you know, father-son, like a journey movie like that? or? Evidently,
5: they had uh, gone down a couple of paths before I I came aboard, uh, and they didn't want to go there. And the whole idea of a buddy film uh, was, to me, the essence of what Goof Troop was: uh, is that you've got a a son that doesn't want to grow up to be his dad, and you know we were able to just really hit that on the head in the movie. You know, where the episodic things were just more you know silly adventures, but this one I think really hit the core of the way I pitched. Goof Troop originally, which was even though your dad's a goof, he's there for you when you're a goof, you know, type of thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it was always that. Uh, I remember reading uh, Dave Barry's book on taking vacations. I I watched National Lampoon Vacation. I just tried to soak up every vacation <laughs> thing I could I could think about,
1: it, you know, before I started writing. Yeah, it's, it's great. And what about? I've always wondered. Why isn't there a Pete's used cars? <laughs> was it ever.? They never stopped doing that in the cartoon, did they? No, Pete sold cars in the cartoon. Yeah, no, I'm saying, but in the movie, they didn't say anything about no, Pete's they, used cars.
4: you, you're the monster.
1: Me? I'm a used car salesman.
3: Same thing.
5: They, they didn't talk about his wife and his daughter yeah. and stuff. And I think I originally had them in there, and then it was decided that, you know, the, the parallel between the two fathers and sons was really the stronger bond. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, I, what, when I, you were asking about things that weren't, you know, that were written and, and weren't in the film. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of quick shots of them at a water park. And uh, there was a whole uh, shtick about them traveling cross country. And as you probably know, having traveled cross country, that you pass these signs like Wall Drugs, only 800 miles. Wall Drugs, only 700 miles. So they're passing this place called Paco's Water Park. And the signs are going by, and Goofy keeps saying, You're going to love this. We're going to a great place. I went here with my dad. uh, Paco's Water Park, Paco's Water Park. And there it is, like, you know, 500 feet. And they, (laughs) here's Paco's Water Park, and they turn right into Lester's Possum Farm, you know? And it's just like,
4: Oh, God.
5: After all this buildup, oh so that got, that was cut wow. from the film. But it's funny that the Lester's Possum Park was just. My sister was living in, um,
1: I think, Alabama at the time, and I, I just felt like. <laughs> that's... <laughs> I lived in Alabama. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I lived there for three to four years. Somebody said to me, did you sort of base this on the Country Bear Jamboree? Of course! (laughs) Of course I did! (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And Jason from DF Radio was saying you have a great story about Michael Eisner's house. Oh, yeah. Well, that's how I started in TV animation.
5: Uh, So this goes back about eight, nine years before the Goofy movie. Uh, Michael Eisner took over the company in 84. 84. Uh, the company was about to be they used to call it Green Mill uh, somebody was going to take it over hostile takeover and strip the place apart and sell it off and the Bass Brothers came in a couple of rich Texans I think and they bought the company and they said will do this if you put someone in charge who knows what he's doing, I think, was the attitude. So they grabbed Michael Eisner from Paramount, put him in charge, and of course Michael Eisner at one time was the head of ABC Children's Programming, the cartoons, yeah. right? So one of the things he wanted to do as his first thing stepping in this, I want to create a Disney Walt Disney T V animation okay. department. Okay. And so at the time, I was working as a record producer for the music company. Yes,
1: I was going to you about that. Yeah. I have your first record, the, oh. the disco Mickey Mouse at home. <laughs> I was going to bring it, but I don't know if it would really kind of bend in the suitcase. Yeah, it would, it would probably <laughs> melt, actually. Yes. Um, anyway, so uh, somehow
5: my boss, Gary Chrysler, got invited to go over to uh, Michael's house, and he said, you're coming with me and it was basically, and I don't know what their thinking was, but give me the sort of most creative people and I want to just talk to them so I, I wind up in Bel Air sitting in his living room on a Sunday morning his kids are in the kitchen eating cereal, watching TV, in their pajamas I mean it was very informal and there were about eight of us I think that were there besides Eisner and Frank Wells and um And it was so funny because I'm I'm just like, hi, you know? Yeah, And uh, he doesn't know me from Adam, but he was talking about how his kids were just back from camp and they had just eaten this new candy called Gummy Bears, right? And he said, honest to God, he looks at me and says, make me a show called Gummy Bears. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you looking at me? I've never written for television. I said, okay, you know? So... Afterward, we all went down to this coffee shop to sort of download what we'd heard. And we all decided that he was crazy. Because who would make a show about Gum things candy. that get eaten every week, you know? So I didn't think about it much more because this man had a million things to do. And two weeks later, I get a call. How's my gummy bear show coming along? Oh, it's great. I'm typing right now, you know.
1: So that's, that's how I got into TV. Wow. And I also wanted to thank you because we just talked about it on a recent episode, Ducktales: Treasure of the Golden Suns. Yeah, those right? Yeah, my, my favorite—I I mean, it, I'm not lying—all time cartoon episodes of any cartoon ever made.
5: It was a great mini series. Uh, we plotted that out so carefully, and, and you know, so we've got to make it bigger every episode, but then they all have to be complete, but also tie together. And uh,
1: I am really proud of that project. Oh, it's, a, it's amazing, and even Jim Cummings' voice—I have never heard. You know, he does a ton of voices, and some are similar. Yeah, but that one. There's nothing like that, Jim Cummings' voice, <laughs> Captain of uh, Captain Oh my goodness! Yeah, so thank you for that. And, um, did you have anything else, Gary? Was it intentional to make Powerline look like Friends? <laughs> Was it more Michael Jackson? You
5: know what, again, I think this was a character design choice. Um, All I wrote was he was a pop star, you know, and so I I didn't, I may have said he's in a gold lame suit or something, you know, but I I didn't know how they were going to draw him. Yeah, I know. Now, here's the interesting thing. I remember going through all these different names for him and just decided Powerline was, you know, electric and... That would stick, but at one point I was remember I think I had named uh, Roxanne uh, Dolores which is which is not a sexy name you know and uh, that got changed but uh, you know you you go through all these different permutations and um, i'll give you an example uh, originally goofy worked in an office instead of as a photographer and I had this whole stick where he's on the phone with the principal and He's, got a, he's filing things as he's talking, and the, the phone cord is wrapping around all these things, you know, as, as he's chatting about the electric chair, you know, and, and then let's go with the phone or something, I forget. But um, that got cut. The original opening of the show was not Max going through bushes, but it was a video game, and he's trying to save uh, the princess, who is Roxanne, and he fails, and she yells "loser" as he falls, you know, that kind of thing. And he wakes up. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> nice. So you know it was, it, it was the same intent, yeah. but uh, a different scene. Uh, one other example was uh, Max is unhappy because they're not having a very good time on the vacation. So Goofy says, "I know, I'll take you bungee jumping," <laughs> and then you had this whole bungee jumping sequence off this bridge. And if I'm not mistaken, the um, the fat lady who ends up singing uh, at the end of the movie, you know, who you saw in the car earlier yeah. on the, okay, on the yeah. open road, She's, she ends up bungee. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there were a lot of wacky sequences, oh. and I understand why they got cut, but... Yeah. Now, listen, i got to ask you guys something. I was on this side of the bright lights. What was it like sitting out there? My, my, my wife and son were in the front row, so I could see them, but... The rest of you were just a black blob out there, you know,
1: and it just seemed like it was Crazyville. It was. was. It? Yeah, I mean, we were had great seats first of all. We're in the aisle, row back, so nobody in front of us or anything. But no, the crowd was so into it. And, uh, did you get some cheese crackers? No, they, oh. they passed near us. Oh, but I don't know if I wanted one anyway. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, also I was going to ask you. Um, I knew about the flash mob, so I was just
1: curious what that felt like seeing people getting up out of there I was surprised because we were sitting across from one yeah I saw him look back so I looked back too I didn't know what was. we had a huge amount of space I didn't know what was going on until I saw him jump up and start dancing so no it was a total surprise and then I got goosebumps and that's where oh. I shed the tear was during the song and yeah I had the song stuck in my head this morning when I woke up yeah
2: me too I've been to <laughs> I've been to several different panels for cartoons yeah the best one I've
5: I said, Well, the rest of my life is downhill now, you know. <laughs> Until and so Goofy Movie Three. And it was a nice validation I think for Jason to finally get to sing yes. that song, you song. Know? Yes.
1: It's a shame that he was recasting in the first place because he's so good.
5: No, I didn't know any of this. Uh, when I was there before they yanked me off the film, I was there when Kelly Martin did some recording and I was there when uh, Judy Tenuta, the comedian, was there. But we, of course, didn't use her in the film. But um, those were the only two recording sessions I went to. Oh wow! I didn't get
1: to, I didn't get to see Jason or his replacement. Or... I, I can't. I did not know the story about him. Then when he changed Goofy's voice. Oh. oh.
0: The powers that be thought that maybe Goofy should speak in more of a voice like I'm speaking in now, and I actually had to do about a half a week or a week of uh, uh, recording in my voice. I'm saying, Kevin, yeah, I they don't want to hear goers oh, helping. No, in my voice. In this voice, you're talking now. And, yes, in the voice. And I'm going home, I'm thinking, no one wants to hear that. They want to hear Goofy, don't
4: they? It is a weird
5: voice. <laughs> you know what? I didn't even know that till this year. Wow. I wasn't even a
1: part of that. So, yeah, that was shocking to me. That would have, it could have been the end of Goofy. You know, not really, but it would have been in for a while. That would have devastated it.
5: And you know, I, I don't
1: think we ever thought about it, but they were absolutely right.
5: Is that Goofy is basically just this goofball, you know? And to play him as a as a as a hurt father and as a caring father, um, I don't think it ever occurred to me. Maybe it's because I was just coming off Goof Troop that that's not how he functions, yeah. you know, on screen. So, uh, but to hear Bill sort of voice that, I was like,
1: "Yeah, that you're absolutely right. Yeah. You know, we never, we never went there before." Yeah, and I also heard that Casaberg wanted to take part of your world from Little Mermaid, the major song, Little Mermaid. Well, you that's know. a little crazy. Well, it's just like uh,
5: "Somewhere Over the Rainbow" was never supposed to be in that yeah.
1: film, you know. And
5: thank God things <laughs> changed, you know. <laughs> oh, by the way, just. I don't know. You don't have to put this in the show or anything, but you know, talking about Church of the Golden Suns, um, we had several different studios we would farm things out to. You know, so you were kind of crossing your finger, hoping you got this studio or this studio. You know, but the, the finale of Church of the Golden Suns uh, is like feature quality stuff. I even have a couple of uh, cell setups from it. And when they're, I have one when they're cell running. From it. Running along the bricks falling, and uh, oh my god, it was just it's so just, on
1: the money. It wasn't that cheap, crappy animation. Yeah, I I have one cell from the Cold Duck episode of Scrooge with a t shirt on, a white t shirt on, <laughs> when, he's, when he's imprisoned by the penguins. So That's the one cell that I have. <laughs> See, you remember more of it than I do. I don't remember. Oh, that. yeah. Yeah.
5: Oh, no, it's amazing. And I was really lucky, too, because I got to. Um, they put me in charge of those sort of specials, so I did the Robo Duck, Good Gizmo Duck, oh, and uh,
1: yeah, and uh, Bubba Duck, the uh, Cave yes. Duck. Thing. I remember Bubba Duck. What grade was you know, I'm making you sound old right now. I was in Thank you. third grade, maybe yeah, third grade. And he was the character all my friends and I were just talking about before really? school and after school.
5: So do you kidding? see what Bubba Duck did? Oh, uh, you know I that was Frank Welker who did that voice and I think he did the dinosaur too he did and um, the uh, I remember doing this scene and I knew this should be touching I don't know if kids will get it but it's really touching where Bubba Duck gives him that penny he found and Scrooge says no one's ever given me everything they had before and, uh, I just thought, oh, that was nice. You know, we had another nice moment, forgive me for rambling, but, no. um, I guess I should
1: put this in a different episode, maybe we do a DuckTales <laughs> episode.
5: Well, this, this harkens over to, uh, Rescue Rangers. Um, Mark Zaslov and I were brought in to, uh, revamp the, uh, the pilot film of that. Uh, and, uh, there's a scene where they meet Gadget. And, uh we had always seen Gadget as the Jordan character from uh, Real Genius. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she's like, um, she has no social graces, so it's like, hi, so nice to meet you. Do you, you want a chair? I'll build you one. You know, that kind of thing. And um, and then they explained that they're there to see her father, uh, Giga, Hackwrench. And she said, we lost him. You know, he's, he's mm-hmm. died. And and." And I think Monterey says, well, he'll be missed. And she says, he already is. And that came directly from someone who lost their father wow. at Disney at that time. That was the, the quote. And uh, I just said, oh, this is going to be powerful.
1: I'm going to put this in. Oh, yeah. uh, nice. Yeah, I, I lost my dad four years ago. So I've been rewatching watching Goofy movie last week before I came. Yeah. It hit me. We, we were extremely close. Almost best friend kind of close. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah he's the reason why I started the podcast right um, after he died I started watching old cartoons again just to relive it, my childhood and uh, I already had a different website where I was interviewing musicians, actors and a yeah, couple yeah. voice actors and everything I was like you know what I'm going to start this podcast so I can relive and, and meet these people that I grew up with and the first like year was almost like therapy for me <laughs> to into these voice actors and it really was and no it's it's been amazing ever since then
0: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host for this evening, a claimed film producer of such films as Maleficent, The Lion King, and Beauty and the Beast. Please put your hands together for a former cast member of Lester's Possum Bar. <laughs>
6: have chosen wisely. <laughs> now, are here, for I guarantee the coolest and best panel of the entire year. Thank you for a movie fan, as long you are. <laughs> Please, hold your cat-calls till later. <laughs> you know that this movie is a phenomenon. And it really is. It's 20 years old. We're here tonight with some incredible people that were part of making a movie to celebrate 20 years of the Goofy movie. Now it's a movie that, you know, is full of things that traditional movies are full of. It's full of happy scenes. Yeah. <laughs> and there's some very sad moments in the movie. <laughs> but most of all, it's just good, clean fun. And one of the great, over 20 years, Disney classics. <laughs> so, show. First, uh, the amazing screenwriter of the goofy movie, Jim. Ailey.
5: Hill Farmers movie, and we had Dana Hill was playing Max, and um, when when it came time to do a special, we were thinking of doing a special, we did uh, a movie Christmas, if you've ever seen that. And, um, suddenly we came up with this idea to do a film, a feature-length film starring Goofy. So when we decided to, um, uh, put him on the big screen. We wanted to age up mass and put him in high school. And that's when Jason came along. And, uh,
4: yeah.
5: Anyway, so I, I basically sat by myself for a year typing. And then they finally brought in Kevin Lima and Brian Pimentel and, and all the talented people. And they, they looked at my script and said, Great, bye. And they sent me on my way. <laughs> and they ordered this amazing film. So, um, did, did I talk enough about checkers? Did you said checkers Well, no, no, that's a Nixon speech. It's something else. Thank you for all the Nixon pans out there.
6: So, as part of the backdrop, this idea was to you know, develop these ideas oh, that yeah. it turned into the Goofy but it has all these kind of cousins and ancestors uh, behind it. Uh, which is pretty amazing. And as we mentioned earlier, uh, Doom <laughs> Truth was part of it as well. And, uh, so all that kind of added up into pouring all these things together uh, into a movie, Secret Sauce, that ended up being this film. And and one of the most amazing uh, parts was bringing on the director, Kevin well, think Kevin's made many movies, but he's made a couple movies that I love. He's really gotten in Tarzan. Uh, Kevin could not be with us today, but he felt so strongly about you guys being here. He wanted to send a little video greeting along. So he was the director of the movie, live,
2: almost, from his house here. Kevin please. Hi, everyone. I'm Kevin Lima, the director of the movie. And I have to say, it's seriously killing that I can not be there with all of you to celebrate movie. Um, I'm sure you'll agree with me, because you've stood in line and you're back into this hall, but, uh, <laughs> that uh, the Goofy movie is an underappreciated Disney jet.
4: Boomerangs,
2: <laughs> <laughs> what's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, I'm thrilled that you're um, Hopefully, you'll learn a couple of things about the movie that you didn't know before. I'm going to prompt uh, Bill Farmer to talk about the time that uh, we had the recording session. Um, because Jeffrey Katzenberg thought that Goofy shouldn't talk like Goofy, that he should have like, a regular voice like um, exactly Steve <laughs> <like> Martin.
4: <that. laughs>
2: and let's see, I got a couple other things. Let's see, I dug into my boxes and mementos. I took a box for each movie, and it's not much of the Goofy movie box, but I did find these. Uh, they didn't make much merchandising, but I did find these. One of a kind, because uh, our budget was about I don't know a tenth of the Lion King.
4: So, uh, here. <laughs> i got
2: a little, That's uh, <laughs> 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 a great that, uh, that i Um, let's see, what else can I share? Um, I know that you know that, um, that a lot of us make, uh, voices for movies. Um, the animators and the directors of involved in that. I did one, uh, for a movie movie. I did a couple, actually. Um, but the one you'll remember is this one. So if you know the response, it's a question and answer type thing. If you know the response, call it out. Okay. Give me a second. I haven't done this in 20 years. Who's <laughs> your favorite crosser? <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, there you go. A couple of things. Um, I hope you had a great time. You know, over the years, over the past years especially, lots and lots of guys in their 20s, especially guys, some girls, but mostly guys, <laughs> find out I, uh, I directed this movie, they freak out, so I know it really means something to, to people, to, uh, to a whole audience, a whole generation out there. So, uh, thank you for that, thanks for that, i uh, responding to, um, to the film in that way. Have a great time, um, and I wish I could be there with you. Alrighty, guys, take it easy. <laughs>
6: And just this, this relationship story, uh, uh, Bill, talk about that. Like it's it's such a emotional story, oddly for a movie movie. Um, talk about that. How <laughs> you first were exposed to
0: this? Well, of course. Uh... Do we have, a, yeah. There we go. <laughs> Came out, you know, we did uh, 80 some episodes of Goofy Truth, so I thought I had to be a nurturing father in that, but we had to take it even further than a Goofy movie. He had to be really nurturing and much more of a sentimental and a serious character along with the comedy. Uh, as uh, Kevin mentioned, it didn't start out that way because uh, the powers that be thought that maybe Goofy should speak in more of a voice like I'm speaking in now. And I actually had to do about a half a week or a week of. Uh, uh, Recording in my voice, and I'm saying, Kevin, I, they don't want to hear oh, helping no, in my voice. In this voice, you're talking to And, yes, in the voice, and I'm going home, I'm thinking, no one wants to hear that, they want to hear Goofy, don't they? It me. is a weird voice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and after uh, a week or so, I guess... Walt Disney, as I understand it, said no, don't change the classic characters. So I got to re-record the movie. On this movie, generally you do three or four days of recording, principal recording, and a few days to pick up on the movie. Forty-three days I recorded on the movie over so a two and a half year period. It was kind of a trial and error, try things, they didn't work, and eventually they came out with a gem. And I'm so thankful that all of you uh, care for this movie and uh and obviously by you being here it's uh origin is, is a little gm after all beautiful and uh, uh it,
6: it, jason i want to ask you the same thing like what is it getting involved in this movie and what has it meant to you uh, in, in that early process is this something like when you were making uh you know 20 years from now when you're going sitting
4: on stage in front of nine hundred people talking about this i that exactly i <laughs> thought <thing. laughs> <laughs> They yeah. haven't even met him yet, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, I... So, <laughs> school, I, I, uh, like, I, I I, I think you answered it well, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, said, I had no
3: idea, no idea, I said, thank you guys for, for being here, and, and yeah, i got people, like Kevin said, you've been watching me all the time, they, you know, seeing this movie about, you know, solidified my relationship with my dad, I and mean, like, yeah. my, my parents, and, and I love hearing in the stories, it means a whole lot, so what a, what a treat. <laughs>
6: You've got a lot of voices uh, around you. <laughs> Only well, most of this in the afternoon, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too numerous to mention, but that, it, uh, it, when you came the movie and um, we're asked to do Pete, and it's, uh, what was that possible? Were there any special kind of instructions that you wrote for Bill about doing the old Pete voice or doing something that you brought to it, or what was kind of the, the instructions around the movie?
0: I
2: had to gain 70 pounds. <laughs> obviously. <laughs>
0: and, um, uh, no, you know, uh, being a, you know, a classic character like Pete, you just have to remember that uh, he's going to be the father of the year. he <laughs> everybody's favorite dad. I've favorite little write-off right here. <laughs> so,
2: I mean, yeah, I think he's, um, Parent of the year, right? I always thought the parenting tips for Pete would be a good institution. <laughs> and, you know, what were some of those things? Well, I can recall one time, he thought it was hysterical to scare the living
0: of Jesus out of the kids. And, and, and uh, April Winchell, uh, his wife, he gave him holy heck. And I said, well, you know, I, I think a shock to the system is good for the little weasels. Aren't
6: the plans that they make I'm doing music with that love. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> no, I swear I'm not that bad at all. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. We brought a
2: little clip along to show Pete in action on the screen. Let's take a look. Woo! I don't
0: know what's wrong. It just seems like everything I try only drives Max Rubber away. <laughs> Maybe like you ought to just back off finally.
4: Rogue, goof. <laughs> if you keep them under your thumb, they'll never end up in the gutter. You
5: <laughs> have eight. <empty>? Almost. Almost. <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: Why don't you choose
1: me? You're a thanks, Pete. Max and I have some free
0: stick
4: games.
3: Oh, Dad, we can eat tomorrow. So,
0: uh, what are
3: we having? <laughs> With <What> works?
0: I'm a
4: little... I'm a little...
0: i
6: Good morning.
7: after I finished the film uh, I, I believe it was Gabrielle Carteris came up to me at a, at a charity event and she said it's nice to meet you but I, I just wanted to let you know, she was so gracious and kind, I just wanted to let you know that man I just really wanted that role and you got it, I'm so sorry but I'm not sorry
3: Jen and I are neighbors in Tennessee we, and it we takes D23 for us to actually see each other I've never seen like...
7: I mean, is is that
4: pathetic? Like she had to go all the way to Anaheim and fly across the
7: country, except that it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're to the next year, twenty-three in Tennessee, we'll have to do it. <laughs> y'all come to my house for a barbecue.
6: Bless <laughs> <laughs> your do showdown. Yeah. <laughs> Can't be bad. Rob, I tease you, but talk about this movie and what it's uh, what it's meant being in it and uh, you know just what it meant doing this voice when you started out and what it's like looking back for 20 years. And how it changed your
4: life. And also,
6: uh, what do you have for really lunch? Hi <laughs> my,
3: my name is PJ and I'm an alcoholic. First of all, it was an easy to duty because. <laughs> <laughs> I love Park Rhines. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lousy dancer, and Juke Cummings is my role model. Oh, God. You have mercy. Yeah, <laughs> God. I, I think we talked about this a, a few times. Um, I am so thrilled at the depth of love for this film. And Don and I were talking backstage. And I, if somebody had said to me, hey, you know, there's going to be this really cool thing in D23, and and you're going to be part of it, and had I been part of Lion King, that's where I, my brain would have gone, you know, big celebration sort of thing, because this was a an amazingly fun movie with working with people whom you choose to spend your free time with. We had a blast doing this series. But
4: I didn't
3: know the depth of love for this it's absolutely astonishing, and, and yeah, uh, it, it really did change my life. Because as a result of
4: my
7: father, I have yet to speak to a woman. Well, i know having a problem since I'm right next to
4: you. Right? I am to you don't have that it's
6: just pure joy. Thank you so much for including <laughs> me. <it. laughs> a lot of scenes together. Did you work together in this movie, or did Kevin have you in one on one, or did you, did you play off of each other? Like,
0: oh, yeah. so what yeah. was that like? Yeah, we did yeah, uh, together. But sometimes you solo, but I like it when we're together. Oh, I, I do too. I do over at uh, Waves. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah uh, no, uh, there, we did a lot of scenes together yeah. but then again I also went back in and did those lines solo I don't know just to get the best uh, reading of it and then they max or that to uh, you know put them together in uh, post-production editing but I love working with all these guys it is absolutely a dream come true to get to work with these guys they bring you up to their level and uh, just make the product a whole lot better by their being and uh, I miss recording everybody and I don't do that too often anymore but it's a utopian fool. <laughs> <laughs> and
3: if, if people ask that question a lot, and, and unfortunately, if, if we do these days. You know, do individual recordings and video games. It happens like that pretty much all the time. And I right. think on features too, you probably a lot of actors in individually. Yes. It is way, 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 way beyond fun to be in a room <coughs> with all these incredibly gifted people. That's the show, folks. It really is. When you're in a room, really, oh my god, it's outrageous. Uh, and. And uh, it, 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 when you're in that room with all of those people, it, it really does, like Billy says, a high tide raises all those, and you get better being around all yeah. those people. It's, it's, and it's, sometimes
2: this stuff that we say makes it in the movie.
3: Yeah! Sometimes the ambulance actually make it on the screen.
6: Yeah, I mean, you've written so much for this movie, and
3: you you know change
6: characters, like Powerline and things, and, 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 and you...
4: Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs>
6: So a lot of us rely on the energy of the actors to bring to those lines, but also to ad-lib, because when you have uh, actors like this, it's kind of a, a dream situation, is it not?
5: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I noticed you were about to show uh, Mazur. Principal Mazur. Uh, that was my principal in high school. Principal Mazur. So he basically was, <principal> <laughs> it was <Maser>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: no, there's nothing to add to that. I but thought there was a great
4: story to talk
6: No, this is says storytelling, dead end.
5: Since Kevin was just on, yeah, I, I was just on the phone with Brian Pimentel a few days ago, mm-hmm. and he's flying back east, and he really wanted to be here and say hi to all of you. Um, but anyway, Brian and Kevin make a cameo in the film. Uh, and uh, they're in the uh, gymnasium during the, during the, the sequence where Max imitates the power line and there's these two guys who look at each other and that's Kevin and Brian. <laughs> so I, 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 said to, uh, I said to Kevin after the movie came out, I said, uh, how come I didn't get to be in the film? And he didn't skip a beat at all. He said, but you are in the film, Jim. And I said, where? And they said, You know the song where they're talking about the last day of school and they fling their jockstraps at each other? And they say, no more gym, no more gym, no more
3: gym. I knew you loved sports, but I had no idea you were such an athletic supporter.
4: That was very touching, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jockey for position.
6: Uh, listen, while we're on the principal, uh, Wally Sean, uh, uh, <laughs> he wanted to send his greetings today and uh, he did so on the big screen. Let's say hello to Wally
0: in class? Shouldn't these students be studying for their final exams? Better yet, what about those educational science most
4: important characters in the film because if it weren't for him, Mr. Goof would never have taken Maximilian on that father-son road trip. Anyway, uh,
0: I certainly wish that I could join you all in person, but uh, this principal has to make the most of his uh, summer vacation. (laughs) Great time this weekend at the uh, 2015 D23 Expo. Yes, yes. And I have to say, there's no homework this weekend. <laughs> oh, the good work, or you'll be suspended. <laughs>
5: I just want to say real quickly that uh, when you make television shows, uh, the writers uh, will write scripts and because we're on such a tight schedule, that's the script that gets recorded and that's the script that gets produced. When you make a film, there's a million people involved and so anything that you write, it gets completely changed. And so I, one, of the, one of the warm spots for me is the fact that my line science slumber party's made it into the film. <laughs> we should
4: have theaters like that after a while.
6: I guess a question. I honestly don't know this, but uh, Bill and everybody, do you do any of the voices for either foreign versions? Like, does somebody come and say, you know, who, okay, who speaks Italian, who speaks French? Have you done any of that?
0: I have, but uh, not a long time. Uh, I, when I, For different projects, such as Kingdom Hearts, I'm... Yes! a Japanese actor in my headphones, and I'm trying to put the English words in the same amount of time on the screen, and the Japanese actor who had learned how to do the laugh and everything, for me, it's so weird, it's like, it, it's like, oh, shit.
4: It's like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, the. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's
0: a good
3: Japanese as well as me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love a good apple with soy sauce. It's very, very good.
4: <laughs>
6: but I have to ask Jim Cummings uh, if Winnie the Pooh has anything to say.
7: Some relationship where they're, you know, during a crucial developmental time in mean, a, a boy's life and a girl's life, it does, doesn't really matter uh, which one. I, you know, you, you struggle and, and you, you have a lot to learn from your parents. Oh my goodness, I see a Stacey in the audience. Sorry. I oh my
4: fellow friend. <laughs> um, but I, you know,
7: I, I think the beauty of it is that that we all do. Back to the to the basics of it, which is love, and that is an emotional day. And I think it's it's beautiful when you can take a movie that you probably didn't necessarily expect to be to to have such emotion underneath it, and have that undercurrent of of love come through so loudly. Yeah,
3: yeah. That's My favorite scene in this movie, and I love to tell the story. is It's so weird to say in a goofy movie. is the scene with Pete and Goofy in the hot tub. <laughs>
4: It sounds odd, but it, it was like the most,
3: like, true, like, real
7: scene, like, between these kind of, yeah. like, you know, I don't use it as a pun, goofy characters, but it was
0: a very real, and very, very, like, really, brilliantly performed by, yeah. by these two cats. Oh, and we weren't wearing clothes, no. And we, were, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we
2: with the bubbles. Luckily, I was
3: 18, so I got to,
2: I got to be in the poof. <laughs>
1: It's,
6: uh, I mean, these characters, it, it, it gives me a kind of personality animation. And I think the question mark about this movie when it was being made was can you take characters who have their life in shorts, short films, and can they be in a feature film? Can you take, say, like Goofy and Max, and all those characters, and make them sustain a story for a long time? Um, which you did. Like, what was that process, Bill? You had to sustain a movie and you had to sing in the movie. Yeah. And, and what was that process like to try to, was it?
0: Or um, well, you get a lot of chances to do it. <laughs> but you no, know, when you, uh, I, I have to kind of comment on something earlier. Talking about uh, so many people come up to me today and say that this movie changed their relationship with their dad. I've had people say I couldn't talk to my dad, but when this movie came on, it changed our relationship, or that they would play the songs on a road trip and. Uh, uh, I knew that it was really a father son thing. When my own son, who was five years old when this came out, we went to an advanced screening. And when we came out of the theater, my son said, Well, and he was crying, actually. And I said, What's wrong, buddy? And he said, Well, when you went over the waterfall, I thought that was you.
6: There's also great friendships in this, and I love like, Max and, and P.J. and Bobby. Where did public come from? Is that another person from your past, or was it just a. Uh, no. you know,
2: Yeah,
6: he's a poly store. He's so good at doing himself. and he steals our cheese wedges when he's through the room. The poly store
3: wanted to say hello. Here he is. I
1: did the role voice of Bobby Chmerouzky on the Kung movie, and I want to uh, say sorry I couldn't be there, but I'm working on my own stuff here. Uh, working on a lot of my stand-up stuff right now, but I want to. I wish you guys I happy the 20th. Um, it's been 20 years since we did the goofy movie. It's pretty crazy. I know to this day a lot of people still come up to me and go, Lee Tower, to And it did really well for me. And thank you for the opportunity. And I'm glad you guys are, are you know, reliving been 20 years. Anyways, what's up? 20 years. Thank you very much. Sorry I couldn't be there, but I'm writing my stand-up right now. I'm about to hit the road in the fall, so we're going to We'll see you guys next time. One more time for what? (laughs) Cheese.
6: and the whole movie is this (laughs) one. Sort of. You run across these places, and one of the coolest things about this movie is we got to work with a character actor. And if you're of a certain
0: age, you may remember a character actor named Pat Buttram. <laughs> and uh, and uh, this is possibly Pat's last role. I think it is. Yeah. 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 Uh, I had a great remember thing. I got to sit in the lobby before we went in to record. 83 years old, he was doing stand-up comedy up until the end. He was even trying material out on me that day. I remember one of the jokes he was saying he was going to go out and do a uh, presentation for Jack Collins, who had just been on the Oscars. And he goes, Now, Bill, I'm going to try this joke out on you. I'm going to walk there and say, You know, Jack, you're an amazing guy in amazing shape. you was out there on the Oscars doing one-arm push-ups. Father, Tom has been very kind to you. But it looks like Mother Nature done kicked the hell out of your face. <laughs> <laughs> we're
6: preparing for this. We had a lot of trouble trying to find if anybody does uh, the definitive pat yeah. butcher because we found out that uh, Jim Cummings, you actually, you have a pat butcher, don't you? I have. A, everybody has a pat butcher.
0: We have. Yeah. Hat uh, yeah. Well, yeah I worked with him a bunch of oh. times. She was great. He was. He was one of I played the uh, I played the Andy Devine bullet in uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh,
4: wow. I played The Larry Brennan bullet in Who
0: Framed Roger Rabbit. And Pat Butch played the Pat Surtain <laughs> bullet. <before Yeah. that. laughs> and so we got to hang out and I met a few times over the years. And one line he said to me was, "Do you know?" would give me six good men in a buckboard beans? I said, my do no,
4: I don't either.
0: I've seen that in 40 damn movies. And he said a lot of other things that I will not be
6: saying. But wait, they're Well, <laughs> Well, yeah. Another contestant in the one
3: yeah. yeah, we all don't with <laughs> this here we'll boy. every i met Mr. Rutrum at the uh, LA studios. And he was, uh, <laughs> was sitting there and uh, I was working on something in which I was actually uh, replacing him uh, as a result of the fact that he was ill and okay. It was, I, I think it was one of the, uh, I think it was chief in one of the, um, boxing, yeah. And so I said, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it, 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 um, any time, I, um, <laughs> I know, this is not the happiest place I've ever been this moment. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's very <laughs> therapeutic. Um, so, walked happened and I said, Mr. Butcher, is, I mean, it was because of Mr. Haney on Green Acres, you know, and that's when I, I was just such a thrill to meet him. And I, I said, uh, you know, I have to tell you, sir, that I have actually stolen your voice on, on more than one occasion. Uh, and he said, "Well, that's all right, son. I ain't using it much no more." <laughs> and, uh, it's like being It's like, nah, "No, go ahead. Yeah, it's all right." He uh. yeah. like said, "You got to pay for your car. I don't." like the man. Because we're fortunate enough to do what we do, and and like today, the, the, the table downstairs at which we were signing earlier, Astor hey, is there. You know, how cool is that? How cool is that? So. Get a chance to meet these people and, and even spend a little bit of time um, in in, in, in and, and with these people who really were TV showbiz legends for ten minutes is is just I'll never forget that opportunity never yeah. yeah fantastic
5: uh, I'd like to do my pet <laughs> let's do Jim and then we'll
6: get
4: to Jenna hi I'm no. pet I'm <laughs> 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 hey, I got chills.
0: <laughs>
3: the only other voice that we always have a voice on is all like, of oh, us trying to
4: do, Chris Walken. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, we, we, we know, we're the last panel of the day, let's just stop. That it. little Christopher Walken moment. Come <laughs> <Yeah>, <laughs>
6: Jason, do you have a crystal walk under it? No. That was it. That was it.
4: I just like
6: you! <laughs> um, one of the cool things about this movie, not to change the subject,
4: but one of the cool things about the movie is all the Easter eggs and things are getting in it. You were talking about this before about Ryan Methol and Kevin Me in the film, and there they are. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
6: next the <laughs> but there's a great scene from the wonderful Newton House, which was quite nice. They had that for us. Uh, and that former president of the United States, Richard Nixon, which is really perfect. And there's a the thing with guns in this movie. There's like 40 scenes with guns in this movie. You'd have to ask Kevin. <laughs> all right, we'll get back on that. <laughs> Jim out of class a lot is probably <laughs> a little homage to them. Yeah, he had a difficult childhood. Um, these guys, if, if you're uh, a bigender, you may not know that Gene Siskel and Robert Biederman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if you got a thumbs up or thumbs up for them, it was fantastic. And if you really got a thumbs up from these guys. To a really the movie, but it was it was uh, again two world class players, and they were at the top of their game. Great guys, and gave few thumbs up. Be so good on you. Yeah. Um, uh,
4: that's all I'm going to say. So um, <laughs> there's also a lot there's a lot of fans out
6: there, and people who have like, like yourselves, who dress up like the characters, who wear the hats. And we also love the guys that make things like these fan videos on online. And there's one online that just cracked this all up. And you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen this, you're in for a real treat. But this is a little fan video Uh, based on a song after today. What? they take a selfie (laughs) a lot. Oh, I love the songs in this show. um, (laughs) Jeff Feldman, Tom Snow, and then Carter Birdwell wrote this great score for it, but uh, can you guys talk a little bit about uh, integrating the songs of this show and how much music needs to this show
0: in terms of uh, telling the story? Well, I mean, you wouldn't have wonderful people who put Together the hours and hundreds of hours to put together a, a video like this if they didn't love it. So obviously the music is an integral part of this mu- movie and just really gives it its life and its flow and, uh, you know, it's a musical, right? So it, it, uh, it uh, yeah, was very important. I remember my girlfriend at the time when she saw
3: the movie, she's like, "The movie's okay, songs
7: are
4: really good. <laughs> yeah. That's a high
5: compliment. I- I just talked to Brian Famental the other day, and he said he found a tape of a song that they wrote called Roxanne. And that um, it was stuck in the movie because I like, guess Catherine looked at it and said, Who wants to listen to a Batman cartoon? <laughs> <laughs> That's fake. <crazy>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that'd be great. Uh, uh, Blu ray, but it's material. There was a Blu ray. <laughs>
4: Yes, one blu you If you know anybody at the company <laughs>
6: you'd
4: like to send a
6: polite email. We <laughs> <a message laughs> if we ask. <laughs> to <something laughs> <out. laughs> uh, the Blu-ray. Yeah, cool. so, uh, <laughs> you <know>, just uh, <laughs> so ask for um, nobody Else Than You is one of my favorite moments yeah. because it's, busy, it's like another bonding moment between Max and Goofy on these characters. Uh, also that song and how that kind of fit into that moment and Ed Leicester's.
0: Well, it, uh, you know, it is definitely the bonding song of the movie toward the end of the movie. It's a very touching song and it is totally out of character for Goofy to get that kind of emotional. That was the hardest part for me in the movie just to kind of like add those layers that Goofy never had before and to touch his heart and to show the angst he had about, you know, uh, about Max and where he thinks Max is going. And he just wants to help Max and he just wants to take him on a trip and love him and uh, it's a love story. It's a love song and uh, it's uh, you know, except it's interrupted by a waterfall, but it's uh, very touchy. It.
4: Waterfall. Can <laughs> <laughs> I just throw a moment?
3: It's really important what Billy said, because um, often a lot of us are lucky enough to do these types of events in which we get to speak to not only people who are really ardent, lovely fans, but often there are actors and performers out there. And Bill made a really uh, really great point about, about, you know, the different layers of stuff. It's about acting. It's about acting. It's, you know, there are a lot of people who can do, you know, on of had goofy voices or funny voices. But to be able to take a character that is not only a classic, legendary character and put those layers on there, and at that time, nobody had ever seen that side of goofy, Yeah. Made it a happy actor, phrase, organic, believable, and contextual, and the relationships, both the the, the relationships that, that that are that are the funny, wacky relationships with. Uh, Pete and you, but then the, the moments that are that are really those moments in which people come up to us 20 years later and say, "My dad and I didn't talk until we saw this movie." That's a testament to the to the performance of what Billy did, and it's important just-
0: To, to. Right. So, so we just, just very well, it was 40, uh so did film? Well you did forty forty you said forty hours of recording or forty days of recording? Yeah, forty days off so, and on. So they there's a lot of scenes that got cuts, subplots, all this kind of thing. Uh so it's kinda of like a little piece, Now that didn't work. Let's let's right. spend the time, let's spend the money to make this great. And they did. And so <coughs> not only did you get the
3: work done, but then that's when you is that just when you bought Burbank?
0: Uh yeah, yeah so we, we got a sign that took off
6: of all it the buffer but again. it's a, yes. 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 um, a really good point, and I can speak from experience here, especially when you're trying to do a character that's already been created by Luffy, the, the amazing Peter that created that character along with uh, Art Abbott and a lot of people at Disney. Um, it, it just points up to the amazing acting ability of U five and U2 um, <laughs> to get to take a character that's already been done and retool that and say, I've got to make this character last for this whole time, I mean, that's the thing that I think is the joy about this movie. And to have had it touch people the way it has has been really great. This is a really touching song for this part of the movie. We wanted to play it for you right now. So let's take a look at this one. <laughs> <laughs> <Al-Midia>. <laughs>
0: Awesome, I see Jamie. Yes. two songs that I was in, uh, Open Road and Nobody Else But You, and I was uh, upset, I said, where's Jason? And uh, Jason wasn't there, they had another singer, Aaron Moore, but it wasn't Jason, it wasn't Max, and I've always been a little upset that uh, Jason, who can sing easily,
4: could easily
0: done it, didn't get a chance to sing in the movie. Well, I want to say that Aaron is a
3: buddy of mine, and uh, we—I saw him at an audition,
7: you know—and uh, uh, and I was like, "Hey, buddy, what's going on? What's going on?" Okay, he's like, "Yeah, man, I just
2: booked this this movie and replacing the voice of this kid who can't sing." Oh, <laughs> like, oh, I
4: am like, "Okay," and I—I just didn't say anything. And like some week later, he's like, "Why did not you
3: tell me that this you?"
4: <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> cool. um, so
6: we got to we, we fix that tonight. we <laughs>
0: I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Now, yeah, uh, i, I got to tell you, this may be a little rough because Jason and I have not had a chance to rehearse this, the music, at all. This is take number one. And I've song with Jason on this movie or these songs, so you're getting a chance to hear Jason make up for a mistake 20 years ago. He's going to sing Max. Yeah! here we go. Wish
4: us luck. Good luck, Good luck everyone.
5: What were you thinking? (laughs) I I was looking out my window and I saw Powerline.
6: (laughs) 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 That story that you heard here live. The Goofy movie is certainly a phenomenon and and so is Powerline. And we thought, how could we possibly close the show? Do do? I actually got an email, like a fan email from someone going out and said, Well you gotta vote go for the power line contracts. Huh? Oh. Right.
4: Yeah, Thanks for listening to E38 that Saturday morning rewind. Please check him out on Facebook and Twitter. And that's all, folks.